Welcome to the Glojo Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and every week I'll be sharing thought-provoking, soul-soothing, and inspiring conversations from personal stories to insider tips and tricks. At the Glojo, you can always find what you need when you need it most. This is permission. Permission to be you, permission to be messy, permission to feel all the feels. So what do you say? Let's do this together. I'll see you in the Glojo. Hello, Suki, and welcome to the Glojo podcast. It is so wonderful to have you here today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Leanne. I so appreciate yeah, this. Yeah, well, it's truly my pleasure and it's my honor. You have been such a huge piece of my personal journey, both in life and in my healing journey. And I'm just so excited to talk with you today. I feel like this interview has been a long time coming. You were one of the first people I wrote down that I wanted to interview over a year ago. Um, And we're getting to it now. So I totally trust the timing on this. And for everyone listening, Dr. Suki Muker is, I call him Suki, we'll call him Suki here, but he is an incredible practitioner. He's a chiropractor. He has over 30 years of experience, and he's one of the most well-researched, well-educated, connected, conscious people that I know. He's an incredible businessman, and he just lives this really inspiring life. And so we're going to talk about a lot of things today. But before we do, Suki, I'd love to turn it over to you. You have such a fascinating story. And so why don't you just take a couple minutes and and share share what you want to share with the Glojo audience? Totally. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Leanne. So, I mean, you know, my journey is really interesting in that like you said, I, I always find it fascinating where people are like, oh, so what do you do? And I'm a physiologist, I'm a chiropractor. And I'm like, am I really defined by, you know, those several years I spent in university and got some letters behind my name? Um, I always found that really interesting because for me, the way I live my life, the way I practice, um, the way that I sort of move forward with everyone is really based on an accumulation of my life and my life experience, which does include my education, but so much is in the education of life in the world. And so my education started really, really early. Um, I was raised, as you know, Leanne, on the other side of the tracks. And to put in perspective, um, it was Canada and it was the poorest postal code, which in the States we say zip code in the entire country. So we're talking crime, we're talking violence, we're talking addictions. I had very loving, very caring parents that spent 10 hours a day, six days a week working in a factory. So I like to say that children are either parented or parented. So what that means is parents are present. There's a connection there and they guide our children. They guide their direction, right and wrong, et cetera, et cetera. On the flip side, I didn't have that liberty because my parents were busy just trying to put food on the table and a roof over our head. Very humble beginnings. And as a result, I was parented in my environment. 
So that's my polite way of saying I got kind of immersed in that environment of crime, violence, addictions. I started doing drugs when I was 12 years old. I left home when I was 14. I dropped out of high school when I was 14. Essentially, that path continued until I hit rock bottom when I was 18. And when I was 18, I lived with anxiety. I lived with depression. I was suicidal. I had chronic fatigue in my body. Essentially, I had a whole gamut of physical, mental, emotional crisis going on within me. And during that time, during my teenhood, I, I bought into this, this system, if you will. You know, I did everything, you know, the good doc told me to do and, you know, combine that with my lifestyle. And I just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so for me, there was a time in my life where I did try to take my own life. And in that moment, there was a part of me that wanted to leave this world and that part was greater than the part of me that wanted to stay. And when I had that failed suicide attempt, and I share this in my book and whenever I speak, after that, a moment after that, there was a part of me that wanted to stay here a little bit more than the part of me that wanted to leave. And for me, that's when my journey really began. And that was exactly, we're going back now, um, 31 years ago. So it's been 31 years. And I would say, I didn't like, I didn't sign up to like think the way I do and, and learn about the things I did. I just wanted to understand why I made the choices I did, how I ended up where I was. And more importantly, how through my later teens and into my twenties, deep on my healing journey, how I was able to sort of heal my past and really not just start living, but really thriving and really creating a life that was quite extraordinary from my lens and my perspective. So that's kind of like who I am. That's really who Suki is, who happens to be a father, you know, a husband, a chiropractor, a coach, entrepreneur, but really that's the Suki that I really want people to know. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing. And it's so funny because when I said, Dr. Suki Muker, he's a chiropractor. I'm like, ah, but that's not even how I describe you. <laughs> Usually because of everything that you just shared. Oh my goodness. I feel like I could just talk to you for the rest of the time we have together about your story. I do have a question based on that. Um, and then this yeah. leads into more of what you and I are going to talk about today, which is really paying attention to our health, the state that we create from our nervous system. And, you know, we'll talk about neural coherence, which is something you've, I think, have you coined that? You know, it's a biological okay. term. It's so the nervous system is either incoherence or lacks coherence. But for me, my whole focus and, you know, we'll get into this more, but healing really occurs when we allow our nervous system to move into higher and higher levels of coherence. I love that. So we'll talk about that more. I've had so many moments, so many rock bottom moments in my life and, and throughout my journey for various reasons. And I think for me, I've always looked for, I'm like, well, how is it? I'm like, people have these rock bottom moments. And then it's like, and then I saw the light and everything changed. And it's like this, boom, it changes overnight. And that hasn't been my experience. I did have 
this one for me. And I've never, I plan on doing an episode sharing more about this, but it's when I had the seizure and a near death out of body experience almost three years ago. And that one really was, I guess, more of my like come to Jesus moment or the light shining in, but it's taken me years to come out of that. And finally, now I'm like, all right, I'm feeling set. What advice do you have for people when they hit rock bottom? Because it can be so difficult when you're exhausted and you're drained and you have nothing left and you feel hopeless and the world is dark and bleak. How do you start to make that bounce back? Absolutely. I mean, that's a great question. You know, Leanne, when we're in it, it is so incredibly challenging mm-hmm. when we're in it. It, it. it just, it just really is. And there's really not a lot somebody around you. And I speak from experience that can say something to you or, you know, tap you on the shoulder and even give you a hug to support you. But ultimately when we're in that place, it's like the world just shut down. And I want to say like, at least for me, when I had my nervous breakdown, when I spent three months in a bed in a total catatonic state, it was also having the awareness after the fact that when we're in that place, that this amazing intelligence within us is going to begin doing things within us that begins to change. And I can get into the nuances of our conscious mind, our autonomic nervous system, but it really comes down to sitting back and just trusting where I live today. And it's easier for me to say on the other side of my you know, crisis, if you will, is that I believe there is a universal intelligence. I believe the universe is perfect. I don't always have the awareness and consciousness. It's perfect, but there is an intelligence. And I'll give an example. I never question, Leanne, if the sun is going to rise tomorrow or the sun is going to set. Like I go, oh, I'm like, I'm stressing out. Like, I just don't know if the sun's going to come up or if the sun's going to go down. It's like, there's an intelligence. You know, I don't question that same intelligence in the universe lives within our body. And so it's finding those moments, those moments of glimmer within ourselves. Like I said, after I had my failed suicide attempt, Leanne, there was a huge part of me that still wanted to commit suicide and leave. In fact, brutally honest, I probably spent the next 10 years thinking about taking my life every single day. I never acted on it because it was a little bit more of me that wanted to stay. And that's the part that I would lean into. So there's going to be a part of your life that you can start to lean into that is going to begin cultivating more trust. It's going to be cultivating more hope. And I get you might feel hopeless and and there is a bit of a science to hope and hope is Step one is knowing this is a science of hope. Our future is going to be better than our present moment. Step two is we have what it takes. And I'll get into the intelligence that flows in your nervous system. By the end of this, you're going to know regardless of where you are, 
you have this amazing technology. In fact, the greatest technology in the entire planet lives within you. And the last step, which you may not have, but if you cultivate those two parts of hope, you're over time going to be willing to have agency, which is rolling up your sleeves and doing what's required to actually make those steps in that direction while leveraging those other two pieces. Wow. Thank you. That was an incredible answer. (laughs) The one thing that stood out when you were sharing your story initially is that you started to get curious. Now I'm guessing the curiosity Mm. didn't kick in like right at that moment, like I'm here, but it started to kick in after curiosity is actually one of the values at the Glojo, because I believe that when we get curious and when we start to ask different questions, we're going to get different answers and that's going to lead us in these new directions. And so I just wanted to preface that that really stood out to me when I was hearing what you were sharing is getting curious. And then like lucky for all of us, you're someone who really goes down the rabbit hole and you learn so much and then you can pay it forward and share. And so going back to again, your story right to begin with, you said, and then when I was 18, I was depressed. I was anxious. I suffered from, you You had a nervous breakdown. And when I was doing a little research in preparation for this interview, the nervous system and nervous system dysregulation, I believe that this is like, it impacts us, whether we realize it or not. I think it's so important that people start to realize like, hey, you have this nervous system and we have this body that is full of trillions of cells that are always working for us behind the scenes, but we don't Mm -hmm. really take care of it. We're taught to eat right and exercise and do certain things, which of course helps the nervous system. But I think when we get into these really stressful, burnt out states, more is required. And so- I would love to learn more from you. What is the nervous system and what role does this have to play in our day to day? And then we can start talking about the role it plays in creating and dreaming big and, um, you know, bringing all of the incredible things that we want to bring to life. Great. So I'm going to begin Leanne with talking about how we were created and I'll give a really long process. And, you know, as you know, I spent, I spent 11 years in school understanding neuroscience and cell biology and the answers didn't fully emerge from those two disciplines. I then personally dived into quantum physics. And when I started to connect quantum physics with neuroscience and cell biology, that's when the understanding of my healing, the understanding of my spiritual awakening and how life is literally a field of possibilities that we are these conscious creators and I can give biological scientific understanding with that. So that's where we're going to get to, but we're going to keep it simple. So this is where it began. You were born, you were created through a chemical reaction inside your mother's body. And you went from two cells to a hundred trillion cells within approximately 40 weeks, approximately. The first structure that developed was something called a notochord, which develops into a human nervous system, created two eyes, two legs, an immune system, a reproductive system, a cardiovascular system, et cetera, et cetera. But essentially the intelligence 
that took you from two cells to a hundred trillion cells never, never abandon you when you were born. In fact, it stays with you. And if you cultivate and nurture that intelligence, which is the greatest technology on the planet, you will live an extra, extraordinary life. If you're anything like me, you were silly. You didn't know that. You didn't understand. And because this beautiful life is about evolution, growth, biodiversity, bioadaptability, if we're not on that path, our system is going to speak to us. I didn't listen to the, my taps on the shoulders, the aches, the pain, the angst. It had to get so bad that I had to hit rock bottom where the intelligence within me said, dude, you are not growing. You are not evolving. We have to literally bring you to your knees to wake you up. And easier said from where I am now, but for me, I would not have lived the last 31 years had I not hit rock bottom. So for me, that was the greatest gift. And, you know, you said something, Leanne, you said, you know, we've been taught to exercise, to eat well. And I actually believe we're not. I believe when we go to school and I have a nine and six year old daughters and I'm observing them, they even go to a private school, they go to Waldorf education. So very unique values aligned education. And I actually see that they're actually not fully taught how to cultivate and nurture this intelligence. And unless we get a tap on the shoulder, which usually what it is, we have a health crisis, we have a challenge, or we have a crisis of a loved one, and we decide to roll up our sleeves and get our own work done. But essentially, the nervous system doesn't know the difference between past, present, and future. And in school, in cell biology, my physiology prof said, look, stress is the cause of all illness and disease. I say, okay, great. Well, what does stress do? I want to understand this. So essentially, when we experience stress, and stress is anything beyond your nervous system capacity. You see, your nervous system has a bandwidth, kind of like a computer, to speak simple language. You go to the local store and you get the latest and greatest Google computer or Mac computer. You come home, it's fast, it's sleek, it has this huge bandwidth. If I gave you a computer that was 15 years old and said, you know, hey, we're going to do this podcast, download some music, you know, check your internet, Google, email, it's not going to happen because the capacity of that computer is smaller. So think of your nervous system like a computer that has a bandwidth, it has a capacity. Anything beyond the capacity of your nervous system is stress for you. That's why stress is relative. And what happens is our nervous system, when in stress, it loses coherence, which I can talk about shortly, but it goes into sympathetic tone low-grade fight or flight, which creates an environment for more cell degeneration, cell breakdown, a lack of growth, a lack of evolution. And so what that means, it's a lifestyle that is moving us in the opposite direction of where we want to go. Here's the piece I'll add before I pause here, Leanne. 
my journey comes from a healthcare perspective. And I realize when I work with people for symptoms, sickness, disease, illness, and I kind of became a last resort guy, like people with cancers and terminal illnesses. Um, I realize not only could we create coherence within their nervous system to move them to this side of the spectrum, that when they came to this side of the spectrum, those things tended to go away, the aches, pains, the symptoms, sickness, disease. But more importantly, for me, that's not when the journey ended. That's when it begun. Because the same way we created from the ache, pain, symptom, sickness, disease to create more health and vitality, here we could then go on to create in our relationship, in our business, in our finances, our ability to conscious create actually has to do with where your autonomic nervous system's frequency and resonance is at. So that was oh a mouthful. No, that was <laughs> no, that was it. so good. And I love what you said right at the end <sighs> because that's what I'm personally realizing lately. I know before we officially started the interview, I said, I'm pretty sure I've lived in fight or flight for about well, most of my life. <laughs> and I like knock on wood, I feel like I'm on the other side of it. And I know that there's new there's different levels, of course. So now it's like my bandwidth. I do feel like all of a sudden my system, I'm more calm. I'm not experiencing anxiety every day. I'm not having to use sheer willpower to get through the day and to focus and to get things done. And all of a sudden I have more space where I'm not, I'm still doing basically the same amount of things, but I have more space. And with that space, I'm able to create and I'm creating things in business and in other areas of my life. But all of a sudden it's like, oh, this feels so good. What if we actually spent mm. more time truly taking care of ourselves? And you're right. I don't agree that we're taught to like really take care of ourselves well. Like the food pyramid, I think that's a sham. And everything, you know, it's <laughs> like, I, I look back to what we've been taught. Um, I love how you said like they're not, kids aren't being nurtured and we weren't taught to like actually tune into our system and what does our system need. Yeah, And that's been a huge part right. of my journey is tuning into what I need and being okay mm. with it. Because what I need yes. is actually totally different than, you know, I was living this really fun, we'll say like high flying life, traveling all over the place, going to all these events, feeling like absolute crap, burning out, autoimmune things, weird. It, it just, yeah. but I was, it's like, that's what I, you know, probably my ego wanted to do it. And I also thought this is what I, what I should do. And I love travel and adventure. So there's that truth of it, but I truly wasn't honoring right. my system and I wasn't honoring mm -hmm. the taps on my shoulder. Um, and before I know it, like I had lots of little health crises, crises, which I thought were mm -hmm. big <laughs> until I had a really big one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, my brain yeah. basically shut down and it didn't seem like it really worked for a month or two at least. And then it was really starting to, yeah. um, to heal from there. And so yeah. when you work with people in like learning how to tune into the nervous system and take care of the nervous system, 
what is that process like? Because you're right, we're not taught to even pay attention right. to this. We're taught to just fit into these stupid boxes <laughs> and right. that really don't yeah. work for anyone. Maybe they work for like 0.1% of people. Yeah, that's a great question, Leanne. So think of our nervous system. Let's say we have 100% of our nervous system. Two and a half percent of our nervous system is actually our conscious mind. So a very small percentage. So our conscious mind. So when we talk about like mindset, when we talk about beliefs, we're only talking about the two and a half percent of our nervous system. Another two and a half percent is our feeling, how our body feels like, oh, you know, like, yeah, I remember when I started speaking on stages over a decade ago, it's like, oh, I have butterflies in my, my tummy. I'm nervous about, you know, getting on stage in front of all these people. Or, you know, you drive by an ice cream store and you're like, oh, yum. And you have that feeling in your body. So another two and a half percent is how you're feeling. 95% of our nervous system is the autonomic nervous system. It's the part of us that, you know, lets our heart beat every moment of every day. It's the part of us that we enjoy a beautiful meal, a lunch, a dinner for the next three to seven hours. It's going to digest that food. It's going to power your mitochondria, create ATP, create waste product. When you're out for an activity or a jog and it's in a hot, sunny day, and your temperature rises, your nervous system activates specialized glands called sweat glands. You release heat in the form of energy. You start sweating. Your temperature comes down. So your autonomic nervous system performs millions and millions and millions of functions every moment of every single day. You know, I'll, I'll share the magnitude of the nervous system. There was a biophysicist named Fritz Albert Pop. He measured electrical emissions of the cell and the cell membrane. So I'll keep it simple. There's about a hundred trillion cells within this mind body temple, approximately some say more, some say less. So let's just say hundred trillion ish cells. The human nervous system powers all those cells and it perfectly synchronizes and coordinates over 100,000 chemical reactions for every cell, every second. Okay, let me say it again. 100,000 chemical reactions, every cell, every second, 100 trillion cells. Like, I don't even know how big that number is. That's wild. You are embedded with that technology. We can call it what we want. We can call it electrical impulses. I can call it the intelligence. I can call it the life force. I can call it whatever it is. So our nervous system is like our perception system. What we see, what we hear, what we smell, what we taste, what we touch, and our intuitive gut feeling. That's the piece that you were talking about, Leanne. Somewhere we as humanity, we went a little sideways. We got a little lost. It's like, I just like, I need to do this. Yet your inner guidance system, which is the greatest technology in the planet was saying, are you sure Leanne? Like, do you really want to do this? And your mind's like, no, I have to do this. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to make stuff happen. I'm going to be a career woman. I'm going to travel. And you're justifying in the two and a half percent 
but the autonomic nervous system, the 95%, it's going to give you that message. And it's going to say, you know, I think Leanne, a lot of this is outside of your bandwidth and you can do it, but it's going to catch up to you. Meaning outside of your bandwidth, meaning it's a little bit stressful, meaning it creates less coherence within your nervous system. Let me talk about what coherence is. There's a nervous system fires. Okay. It has a wavelength and an amplitude. And so when the wavelength comes up and the amplitude comes down, it's measured on a machine, kind of like an, an ECG for your heart It has an equal symmetric wavelength and amplitude. When the nervous system fires this way, we have coherence. When we have coherence, we have parasympathetic tone. When we have parasympathetic tone, we are regenerating, reorganizing at the highest level of organization. Truth be told, we are brand new every seven years. Every seven years, every cell, every tissue, every organ turns over through cell regeneration. On this side of the spectrum, where we lose that coherence, what happens is it fires like an ECG. It's very erratic if you looked at how your nervous system fired. So when we're on this side, we lack coherence. We're in sympathetic tone. We're in stress mode. And it's only a matter of time before the cellular degeneration, cellular breakdown creates a tap on the shoulder and we start to move this way. Now, I know this is health, but our health affects our life because when we're on this side of the spectrum in coherence, remember what I said, our nervous system is our perceptual system. So we see the world through the stress, the trauma, the challenges of yesterday, our perceptual reality. We're in sympathetic tone. That means our nervous system thinks we're getting chased by a saber toothed tiger. So you're going out in your days kind of feeling like, where's a saber toothed tiger? Not a real saber toothed tiger, but whatever that looks like in this day and age for you. And then, you know, we talk about, you know, I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this. Our autonomic nervous system, this is where we start to get, you know, we're going to dive a little into physics Yes, I was, you read my mind because I was like, we need to talk about quantum physics (laughs) and different things. Let's do it. So, so the father of quantum physics is Albert Einstein. And Albert Einstein, I've read all his books. I've studied his work in depthly. And he said, when we start studying quantum physics, things get a little bit nutty. Okay. So that's the father. We we all know who Albert (laughs) Einstein is. So yeah, what I'm going to talk about is a little bit nutty. Bring it on. And, and it's like, so these, without getting too much into it, my work has to do with these neural centers that, that live in the autonomic nervous system. But essentially our autonomic nervous system is like a radio frequency modulator. It sends out a signal to the universe. We call it the unified field in physics and receives a signal from there. If we're living in a lack of coherence and sympathetic tone, the radio station we're tuning into, and I'll give you a simple example. If you love, I don't know, if you love country music, <laughs> you're from Alberta. I do like it. There's times when I love yeah. it, but, but, but you know, okay. I'm a rock and, I'm it, a rock it, and roll yeah. lady at heart. <laughs> you're a rock and roll girl. Okay. So, so we'll use those two examples. So if you get your radio, you know, tuner and you put it into a country station, essentially we know this, it sends a message out to the unified field, a satellite you know, the transistor at that radio station. 
and it stays in the frequency of that, those digits, whatever it is, like, you know, something points, something, something, whatever the dial is on the radio in your vehicle or at home. And then that same frequency is sent back and voila, we have country music in our car, country music in our home. You're not going to get rock and roll. You're not going to get hip hop. You're not going to get rap. You're not going to get orchestra. You're just going to get country music. Now, if that's 95% of your nervous system, but your mind says, you know what? I really want some rock and roll. And you're like, just give me some rock and roll. But your autonomic nervous system is living in this country music signal. And you just keep getting this country music. This is a metaphor for my life, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So what I'm saying is that just like a radio transistor, we are radio transistors emitting a frequency out to the unified field. And in the unified field in physics, there's... Every single possibility, every single possibility from your health, your wealth, your relationships, you name it, every possibility exists in the unified field and it exists in the form of a wavelength. And based on where the resonance and frequency of our autonomic nervous system is, it sends out a message to collapse the wave into a particle of reality. And we now begin to experience that. I am talking about conscious creation. And here's what I'll say. We are consciously creating every moment of every single day based on where the coherence or lack of is within our nervous system. So, you know, I might get in trouble, you know, from some people about this, but mindset will only work if you can change the autonomic nervous system. Some can do that quite well. Others cannot. Mindset did not work for me because seven years I was a student of positive psychology and I was like, why isn't this working for me? It works for all these other people. But, you know, I'd say I was happy. I was happy. I was happy. I'm abundant, abundant, abundant. I'm like barely living paycheck to paycheck, starving student. I'm like depressed. I have anxiety. I'm like, this is not working. It was when I understood that only if that mindset shifted that, then things would begin to change. And I'm a huge advocate of positive thinking because it primes our nervous system. But that's not where it ends. That's only where it begins and start creating the change within yeah, that. I couldn't agree more. There's, I hope I remember everything that I want to touch on based off of what you just shared, but I'll start with the mindset. So I talk a lot about mindset and tips and tools, but you're right. That's only one piece of the puzzle. And I know they say like mm-hmm. thoughts become reality. And I love Walt Disney. I don't remember the exact quote, but it's like, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. And so I definitely think that there's this part where our thoughts do play an important role. But if we're only mm-hmm. trying to change our thoughts and not doing anything about it and not doing anything at this base level of coherence, we're not going to see the results. And I know maybe this is why, like, I I feel like you and I probably both have really strong wills and like willpower. I have willed myself through so much of life with that two and a half percent. And I didn't realize it was two and a half percent. So that is a really interesting, that's something new that I've learned. I'm like, oh my God, it makes, makes sense. I'm like, what if I actually just took care of the 95%? (laughs) And then it's going to, everything's going to be so much easier. And 
Yes. I, I feel like since my, you know, since the seizure that I had in, in the fall of 2019, I've really been on this journey of truly taking care of myself and learning mm-hmm. to honor my nervous system and its bandwidth. That has been easier yes. said than done because honoring it is not the fun, glamorous side of life. It's often the more simple, mm-hmm. humble, might I say boring <laughs> at, at times. Yeah. Your, your social media feed's not going to boom. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> That's no, definitely not. It's like, here I am late in bed again on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I will say it's like, I, I do feel like now I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm working with my body instead of against it. And I'm working yes. with this innate intelligence. And when you were talking like, yeah, the math on 100,000 chemical responses per cell per second per of like, a hundred trillion cells. We are walking miracles. Like we, we really are. truly we are. are. And yeah. oh, I just got chills just just thinking about it. How can we learn to honor where we're at? Because I know for me, I've I've gone through my personal journey of this, and I've talked a lot about it throughout the various episodes. But I'd love to hear your take on truly learning to tune into your body in a deeper way. Yeah. Tune like. You know, thoughts are important. We're not going to disregard that, but yes. we need to get in touch with the yeah. feeling and what's truly going on. And then the second part is honoring yeah. it. Okay. So um, I'm going to say a couple pieces with that. When I was in school, an economist came to our school as a guest lecturer and he said, if you want to know where you're going to be in 30 years, all you need to do is look at the people that raised you and where they are their health, their finances, the conversations they have, the vacations they take, the cars they drive, all of it. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. There's like a 98% probability that in 30 years, you will have exactly what they have. And I didn't understand it till I understood the physics. This is my way of saying we're brought into this world and around people that raise us. It might be parents, it might be guardians, it might be friends, it might be family, it might be strangers, whoever, but we are now going to climatize to that resonance around the people we're around. Like Tony Robbins says, you're an average of the five people you spend the most time with. That actually is a scientific truth. That's not a philosophical statement. Because our atoms, our molecules begin resonating at a certain frequency. So when we want to begin creating more growth, more evolution, more of who we authentically are, the first thing we must stop doing is reminding our nervous system of who we were yesterday and the day before. I'll give you an example. When I work with people, it's, it's been like clockwork. We have this thing called a midlife crisis. By the time people hit their mid thirties, mid forties, they have a midlife. Like, is that it? Like white picket fence, you know, I got my job. So I'm just going to punch out for another 20 years. Like this is all life has to offer. It's because we've been running on autopilot for so long, which goes against the creative beauty of bioadaptability, diversification. You see, your nervous system constantly wants to fire and wire in new ways. 
But when we fire and wire in old ways, those tracks get stronger and stronger. Our perceptual lens stay the same. And we essentially go through life on autopilot, which doesn't really look that, that appealing. There's not much vitality and not much health. So my biggest advice for people is allow yourself every single day to not remind yourself on who you were yesterday. You know, I'll give you an example. The typical person gets up in the morning, grabs their phone. They check their text messages, remind them of what they were supposed to do yesterday, the day before, the week before. They check their social media feeds. They check their emails. They do all this. Most people, before you even went to the bathroom, (laughs) I mean, like the majority of people. So think about this. You're creating a perceptual input to your nervous system through this technology to remind yourself of who you were yesterday. And now you're going to react or respond to those inputs before you've given yourself the creative space to actually create. It's like rather than waking up and having a blank canvas, you've now woken up and painted the exact same thing you did yesterday, last week, last month, last year, last decade. And so that's the first piece. We must break the neurological pattern of being ourselves. That's the first thing we have to do. Oh my gosh. This is so good, Suki. There's so many, like, it's just like... Like wisdom bomb after wisdom bomb. That's incredible. There's something I know so many people who talk about creating before consuming. And I think that that's such a, that's such a powerful point. I do not do that (laughs) very. I wish I did. I wake up and I'm like, do do. And I just naturally start checking things. And I've actually, I've been way better lately because I'm making a conscious effort to, mm-hmm. you know, I've been on a big EFT emotional freedom tapping kick these days. And so I, I do my nice. tapping and my gratitudes and I just finished a cleanse. And so a lot of my morning was consumed with prepping everything. And it felt so nice to focus on mm-hmm. something for myself in that moment, being present and not worrying about everything that was going on around me. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's the first piece. So it's like allowing our nervous system to create a clean slate and, and we can do it different ways too. Like when you brush your teeth, you always brush your teeth with your right hand, brush your teeth with your left hand. Oh, I love that. If you drive to, you know, a lot of people aren't driving to work anymore, but if you drive to a local coffee shop or walk or cycle, try driving a different way, take a different path, like break the routines in your life. So then you can stimulate your nervous system in new ways. And then when we start to do this, this is really, it's like, we're just, remember what I said, we're sending out a frequency signal. And if you keep reminding yourself of who you are, that radio frequency keeps getting sent out. And, you know, this goes from, again, your level of service, your connection to other people, your connection to yourself, um, your abundance set point. You could be looking in the mirror, you know, telling yourself you're going to make X amount of figures this year. And if you keep reminding yourself of who you were, you know, it's like if we went to Vegas, Leanne, and I said, look, this table, Leanne, we got a 95% odds of winning. This table, we got two and a half percent. (laughs) Which one are you going to pick? Right? You're going to pick the 95%. It's like, 
we have to leverage the power of this intelligence that, that lives within us, this intelligence that sends out that frequency and sends out that signal. So once we start doing this, what starts to happen, I'm going to give you the biological implications of what you just shared. When we lack coherence and we're stuck in patterns, the density between our atoms, we're made up of atoms, subatomic particles, protons, electrons, neutrons. The densities are very close together. They're very sticky. And when they're dense like that, there's not a lot of flexibility and dynamic change in this biological system. We might meet people like this, people that are closed-minded. They're like, you know, you get them to, hey, listen to this podcast. And they're like, yeah, I don't want to listen to that podcast. <laughs> you know, it's like, we know those people. Those people might be you. Um, I used to be one of those people. Um, on the flip side, when we start cultivating and nurturing ourselves, we actually start creating more space between our atoms. And when we have more space between our atoms, there's a greater electrical flow. There's more life force, more intelligence. And what starts to emerge is the essence of who you are. You're unique. You look a certain way. You talk a certain way. You walk a certain way. You see the world a certain way like nobody else. Like I know there's people out there that might look similar to you, but really you are uniquely you. And this is what providing yourself the cultivation and nurturance of that. And it just so happens there's greater health, there's greater vitality, there's greater wholeness, there's more happiness, more joy. All these things come about along with that creation. And so when you have the space, that's when the so-called apple starts to fall off the tree and you have these epiphanies, you have these new ideas and you start to do that. But we must create the fertile soil within ourselves to do that. It doesn't magically happen. It doesn't just like, you don't just get this magic idea if you will. Oh my gosh. I, so I've had to mute myself when you're talking because I'm just saying, yes, yes. Like the entire time. <laughs> and, and I don't want to like break your flow, but this is exactly what I've been experiencing lately. And I don't know if I said this in this interview or before we, when we were talking, but I'm like, I feel like I have so much more space in my life. Right. I have so much yeah. more space and ideas are flowing mm -hmm. and no matter what, when I create space in my, in my schedule and in my calendar and I have enough of it, new ideas start to flow in. I get a new perspective. I'm able to see things from a different way and make decisions from mm -hmm. a different place. What I'm experiencing lately is that this space just exists within me kind of all the time. And I'm like, whoa, what do I do with this? Mm -hmm. And so I love, right. I love hearing the science behind this. And I love how you shared a couple of tips and how we can start to like, how can we start with a blank canvas and a blank, you know, that blank slate every day, instead of automatically going back into who we were and reminding ourselves of the past versus reminding ourselves of who mm -hmm. we truly are. So you shared walking to work or driving to work a different way. When I go for walks, I don't wait at stoplights. I just go. I'm like, okay, that one's, I can walk this way. I'm going to walk this way. And then I get to the next place. I'm like, okay, cool. And I just go, I just flow and see where the traffic lights take me really. Um, I'll try that with driving. Right. <laughs> it could take you a while to get to your place if you're, if you have a specific destination. Another yeah. thing that I do to create variety, and this is how I've been able to experience some adventure in a way that's sustainable for my system. 
Now there's a caveat. You do need to be, I'd say, careful with this one, but walking down different aisles at the grocery store and getting inspired. I'm like, oh, instead of making the same thing, why don't I try making this exotic dish from this place or try experimenting with this spice and looking for new things and a new way to expand. And I'm always trying new things, especially cooking. Like I'm a very creative cook. And so what other simple tips and advice do you have for people to constantly remind themselves of who they are and where they're going versus who they were? Right. So love those. Um, I'm going to try that at the grocery store. I love that. And, you know, kind of like what you had mentioned, there's, there's like, there's so much to offer in this world. And, and we like, we get stuck in these little, little lanes and these little corners of how we live our life. And, you know, one of the greatest ways, and again, the whole science is like stealing negative ions from the earth, but is spending way more time in nature. And when we spend time in nature, we pull negative ions from the earth and add them to our body. Then on the flip side of that is... I'm really big on turning on strong and turning off strong. What that means is there's a time and a place for this, but we're not meant to have this during our entire waking hours. This is kryptonite. This creates less coherence. This moves our nervous system into sympathetic tone. It creates constant dopamine spikes. We get addicted to it. So it's like, what is your kryptonite? Seeing what your kryptonite is and creating boundaries around our kryptonite. So it's like people say, oh, great. I'll, I'll go into nature and check my emails. No, <laughs> it's like leave the phone at home or in your vehicle, go for a walk in nature. I mean, the list can just go on here, Leanne. Breath, how to, learning how to breathe properly creates massive coherence, can move you right into a parasympathetic tone. Creating, you know, meditation. I'm really big on creating meditation that affects our autonomic nervous system. That's where, you know, you said, did I coin the term neural coherence? We do these neural coherence things where we create more and more coherence within our nervous system. But you don't need anything elaborate. You can simply close your eyes. I'll give you an example. If your inhalation naturally is longer than your exhalation, you are in a dominant sympathetic tone. So the simple act of breathing slow, breathing deep and having a longer exhalation, that means like breathing in for four seconds, breathing out for six or seven seconds, that creates a parasympathetic tone. Actually, I'll tell you a great story with that, Leanne. Um, I was on stage years ago, and this would have been one of the bigger speaking events that I was at, meaning thousands and thousands of people in the audience. Um, and there's always like, you know, you've spoken, there's always like an up level where, oh yeah, you know, you're very comfortable speaking when you've spoken, you know, many, many times, but then something happens where you're like, oh, there's that many people in the audience. So then your party is like that, that insecure, you know, lack of self-love and esteem that that part of us comes up. And so I was sharing this story while I was on stage and I completely forgot where I was going to go. And then I got like angst. I got panicky. And literally this is how cool this tool of breathing is. 
I said, you know what? I'm just going to shut them out and shut me out. I didn't say um or anything like that, but I just decided to calmly, collectively, and confidently walk across the stage. And as I walked, I took three really deep inhalations and longer exhalations. It seemed like an eternity, like literally it seemed like hours. Okay. I watched the video. It was like three seconds. I found myself. I got back to where I was. I was calm and collected. I shared the story. I watched the video afterwards. It looked like it was intentional. Like that's how powerful our breath is. It's like we have the ability to tune into that. Um, you know, when we talk about what we put, forget about, you know, I can do a whole lecture. Um, I could do like a workshop on diet, but let's, let's forget diet for a minute, but let's talk about what we put in our eyes and what we put in our ears. You know, I haven't watched the news in three decades, you know, I don't put anything in front. I've watched a horror movie in three decades because my nervous system cannot handle it. You might love horror movies. Good for you. Um, but what am I putting in to my sensory system? Because I don't care who you are. There's going to be an element of what you put into what you see and what you hear that is going to imprint on your nervous system and will play a role to create your perceptual lens and your perceptual reality. You know, that's why the whole piece is, you know, Tony Robbins said being an average of the five people you spend the most time with actually Jim Rohn said that Jim Rohn, he got that Tony Robbins repeated that from Jim Rohn biologically. So it makes changes within us. So if we're around people that are doom and gloom, you're going to start to become doom and gloom. You really are. Um, and you probably experience this too. Like I always say this with females because I find it really fascinating when we can see the resonance and frequency in action. There's across the board groups of women birth, you know, childbearing ages. And let's say they work out together every morning and they meet at the exact same time. Let's say 7am. It's only a matter of months before all the women start menstruating together. People are like, why is that? Well, it's why, because we're energetic beings. Yeah. We have a frequency and you will start menstruating together as a result, just being each in each other's frequency four or five days a week at 7am to work out. It's like, it's like magical, you know? So when we, when we really start to understand this, so the piece, the biggest piece that I'll share is start with one thing and then begin to stack. Cause when that one thing becomes a habit. It's like <clears throat> you would never leave your house without brushing your teeth. You don't think, oh man, I got to brush my teeth. <laughs> right? There's been it's the occasion, like, Suki, <laughs> on a rough okay, morning okay. back in the uh, day, but yeah, no. <laughs> on a rough morning back in the day. Well, But for the most part, if, yes, if, if I would agree. Go, if, if you're going to go out for a, for a meeting, an important meeting or a job interview, and you're out, you are meeting face-to-face, chances are you, you're not going to have to will That's yourself true. to brush your teeth. <laughs> And that's because brushing your teeth, it's become an ingrained habit, right? So what if you could take spending 30 seconds in the morning to tune into your breath and then have a longer exhalation than an inhalation? Just 30 seconds. That's it. Do that consistently for a week, a month. Great. Now you can do that. You know, 
turn off your phone first thing in the morning. Do your, you know, do your thing in the morning, come up, have your tea, coffee, water, what, you know, breakfast, whatever you have, give yourself the space and you start stacking these things on. Like a lot of people ask me, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, you know, you know, I'm an ultra endurance yes. athlete. Like <laughs> the, the amount of things I do would completely overwhelm people because only because health, vitality, consciousness is of the highest value to me. Those are my priorities in, in, in those orders. In fact, they become before my family because I know if I don't have my health, if I don't have my vitality, if I don't have my awareness, I cannot be the husband I want to be. I cannot be the father I want to be. I can't provide for my family. All those things go by the wayside. So they're number one for me. And so all I've done over the past 31 years is implement one new thing that became a habit. I no longer needed my conscious awareness to do that. And I added another thing. I added another thing. I added another thing. The important thing I'll share, Leanne, is that this is not a sprint. Life is an ultra endurance event. It's a journey. It's a process. There's nowhere to get to. There's nowhere to get to except to be here right now in this moment. And the more that we can begin stacking those things to be right here in this moment, the more conscious, the more fulfilled, the more aware, the more powerful and potent creators we become. And that's a beautiful, magical thing for all of us. Yeah, it really is. And I love that you talked about adding one new thing. I know for years, I would, I go through these spurts where I'm like, I'm really motivated. I'm feeling good. And I sit down and I write out, this is my new protocol. And when my new protocol includes about 20 new things that I wasn't doing. And maybe yeah. I stick with it for a few days or if I'm lucky a week, <laughs> and then I, they're, all, they're either all gone and out the door or there's a couple that linger. Mm -hmm. I love this concept right. of adding in one new thing at a time, um, habit stacking, mm -hmm. where this is a great yeah. way to, you know, we can stack new things, but then also pair it. So, you know, I thought of brushing your teeth because you're right. Of course, we brush our teeth every day. And what if, what if we were to actually, before we brush our teeth, take a deep breath in and then exhale longer than we usually would and then start brushing our teeth? Yes. That can be a great way to incorporate mm -hmm. things. And there's science behind pairing new habits with pre-existing habits um, and how this actually helps form and create them. You've talked about mm -hmm. the concept of 1% better every day. And I think that this is really relevant to what we were just talking about do you have anything more to say about or anything that you'd like to add around this concept? 1% better every day and how it can be easy and not a stressful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So <clears throat> when you've had a health crisis or uh, a crisis in your life, your businesses went bankrupt, um, you've had a failed relationship there's going to be the awareness of this thing over here that needs work. For my case, it was my health, my vitality. For others might be like, huh, maybe my, my ideas and direction in business needs work, or maybe my ability to be in a romantic relationship needs help or needs work. And so the big piece, you know, with that, the big piece that I'll share 
is that if we can ask ourselves every single day about the choices that we're making, and the choices can even be a thought, is this choice, is this thought moving my nervous system in the right direction? Is it moving my nervous system to more coherence? Or is this choice, is this thought moving my nervous system to a lack of coherence? Is it moving my nervous system the wrong way in the wrong direction? And, you know, it can be as simple as that, as, you know, is this food? Is this idea? Is this conversation? You know, the example I'll give is over a decade ago, I made the conscious decision to remove gossip from my life. I no longer wanted to use the word to speak negatively about another person. And it did amazing wonders for me because then when I started to think about a certain person, I was looking for what is right and what is good within them. Because the reality is we all have a higher and a lower self. We do. I do. You do. We all do. But what are we going to shine more light on? And that's a question that we can continually ask ourselves. Yeah. yeah, that's so powerful, Suki. I believe in being a conscious creator and how words can help shape our reality. And you are one of the most powerful, magical, conscious creators that I have ever met in business, in health, in life, what you create and the vision you have and how you bring those visions to life is truly inspiring. It is even just saying this again, I'm getting chills. Every time I talk with you, I get chills throughout the conversation. And so one thing that's really stuck with me over the years, I remember I had a reassessment appointment with you and who knows what we would have been talking about that day, but something. And I walked out of the office with an eight by 11 white piece of paper and on it, you had written what? you had written why, and you had written how, and then you crossed the how out. And there was definitely maybe a circle and a heart somewhere. And I've kept that paper. I still have it in my filing cabinet. And it's such a powerful reminder for me when, because you know, I've got big dreams and the visions and ideas always coming through. And it can be difficult sometimes when you have this huge, huge vision or goal that is so far away, the dissonance between where you are and the gap is huge. What do those three words mean? And what advice do you have to people who have ideas, they have goals, they're ready to change their life, they're ready to become conscious creators? What do you recommend? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for those kind words. Um, very flattering. Um, amazing. And you know, the biggest piece, Leanne, is I come at it from a place of neuroscience. And it's really understanding that we are these amazingly potent and powerful human beings, a technology that lives within our nervous system. You know, I shared this earlier. And it's less about understanding the mechanics of how this whole thing works, but Essentially, you know, our autonomic nervous system, like I talked about, you know, radio stations and dials, we are sending out a signal. And when we send out a signal, it comes back to us. Our outer world is a reflection of our inner world. That is a statement based on neuroscience, not based on philosophy. 
so important to understand. Our outer world is a reflection of our inner world. So if we dissect those words, what? What is it that you truly, truly, innately, deep within yourself, that if all the clouds, all the armor, all the distractions were gone, what would emerge from you? Like, what is that? And it's not like, oh, I want that fancy new car because I want to impress people I don't even like. Like, I don't mean those things. It's like, what were you meant to do in your time here? Who were you meant to become? Who are you meant to act like, to walk like, to be like, to serve like? That's what I'm talking about. So it's getting so clear on what that is. But in order to do that, we have to be on a journey of self-discovery and self-exploration. Otherwise, there's going to be all this cloudiness, all this sort of noise, all this friction that prevents you from receiving that signal deep within yourself. And again, not getting into the mechanics of all this from a neurological cellular standpoint, it's creating a lifestyle that allows you to connect with that intelligence that literally serves your hundred trillion cells. It animates them, it powers them, and it powers you in this, what I call mind body temple. So once we get clear on that, what it's also knowing that when we have this beautiful, you know, North star, you know, you talk about this picture behind me, like dream big dreams, whatever that is for you. I get to look at that every single day over here. I have a John Lennon quote, and it's all about love. And it talks about there's two basic forces, fear and love. Are you coming from love or are you coming from fear? You see, when you come from that place of emergence of what you desire, it becomes beautiful from that very whole connected place of love. And the why becomes so clear for you. It's not just this fringe thing that you want to do on the side, this little side hustle thing. It is your meaning, your purpose. And from that why you get so connected to it that not if, when the challenges, when the obstacles, when the curve balls show up, it's like, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. Like I think I was a dishwasher. I had a paper route when I was a kid and I had a dishwasher when I was 13 years old. Other than that, I've never had a job. Started my own business <laughs> when I was like 14, <laughs> literally. So I've literally been an entrepreneur for decades, right? And the fascinating thing is that, yes, like it's a path that's chosen and it's a path that has incredible resistance. It does. It has challenges. It has obstacles. And that's where the what doesn't hold any weight. It's the why. Why are you doing this? Why are you willing to roll up your sleeves? I remember going to this event and this woman said, yes, I used to have a job and I worked nine to five. Now I'm an entrepreneur and I work all the time. <laughs> it was like, I, it's like, I relate. <laughs> yeah. It's like this, you know, this is big, big joke, right? And so when we connect with what it is we desire, when we understand why this is, you know, our reason for being for this aspect of your life, that's important to understand. Like you've read my book, Leanne, I talk about 10 different areas. 
And it can be our career, our finances, our physical health. Like give an example, you know, I'm an ultra endurance athlete. I have no desire to become a professional ultra endurance athlete, but I'm an amateur that loves to compete with other amateurs. So in that wheelhouse, it's like I'm an amateur world-class athlete, you know, racing Ironmans, 100-mile ultramarathons. That is the person that I want to act as if. And why do I love to do that? It's not because I love to, I love to like win races, be on the podium, get accolades from other people. I love to live in a mind and a body that feels superhuman. And I know when I train, when I have nutrition, when I have rest, healing, recovery, like a world-class athlete that trains for ultra endurance events, I become superhuman in here. That's my why. And so for me, it's like, well, yeah, you know, you get this, these crazy training sessions that last several hours, you know, three hours in and you're like, why am I doing this? Well, that's why that's my why, you know, and then you can show up in the start line doing your thing. So that's an example of what that is for you. But what starts to happen when you engage in the journey of life where you are being as if in here from a vibratory resonant standpoint, you're essentially tuning your autonomic nervous system to give off new radio frequencies. And then out there in the world, this 3D world that we live in, we start making choices. We start taking action. And when you combine those things together, you become the person worthy of receiving that in which you are intending with the what and the why. The how is the thing that keeps us stuck. And this is why. Because when we focus on how, like how, like a year down the road, how when your organization, business, company, self gets to X place, you have not become the person that has earned the right to answer that question. You're still here. But when you're on the journey of becoming that person, that answer will get, will get answered. The right person will show up in your life, a contact. You can get introduced by, to somebody through a friend because you're now at that level of that resonance of that frequency. You know, it's kind of like the simple example I'll give is, you know, we're, we're on the West coast here. And back in the day, we used to drive to California to Disneyland. And so my friends and I would hop on our motorcycles and we'd return to ride down to Disneyland when I was a teenager. And, you know, it's about 23, 24 hours of driving from here. And this is a piece I'll share. When we pull out of our driveway up here, West coast in Canada, in Vancouver, all we're thinking about is how to get to the border and what road, what highway is going to get us to the border. Then we think what highway is going to take us down through Washington, down through Oregon, down through California. Imagine if when we were pulling out of our driveways, we were like, what exit do we take off I-5 in Anaheim to get to Disneyland? Guys would be looking at me like, dude, don't worry about that. That's like two days down the road. 
Like that's the example, but that's what we do. We're so focused on the how that's so far down the path that we get stuck in analysis paralysis. And what that does is when we're here, we don't take action because we're stuck in that analysis paralysis. It's like right now, what is, this is your what, this is your why, this is your next step. The how, it's my polite way of saying, the how Mm -hmm. takes care of itself. We went down I-Fi, we're down in California. Oh, lo and behold, Disneyland, next right. Yeah. Took care of itself. (laughs) That's such a great example. I love that so much. It reminds me of, um, there was an an interview with Oprah and she was asked essentially, how did you build this billion dollar empire that you built? And she said, I always just took the next best step. I'm like, damn, that is so wise. It's just the next best step. And it's a series of decisions and choices that we have to make along the way. And I know myself, I'm definitely guilty as charged of being that visionary. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being a visionary, but I'll get stuck on the how. And I get stuck on the how of like way far into the future, where in like my wildest dreams, and that's where I spend time. It's like, no, that's that's a waste of time because who knows how the environment is going to be and how business is going to be and what trends are going to be like by the time I even get there. And so really focusing on the best next step I love the concept of why that's probably, I think the first Ted talk I ever watched was Simon Sinek. Um, great leaders start with why or the power of why yeah. it's a great book. And it really is about anchoring in why we're doing something, why it's important to us on that deeper intrinsic level, not the extrinsic. Right. And you're right. It's a matter of when, not if, when we come up against challenges, when things don't go according to plan. And so Mm -hmm. the more we can set ourselves up for success and and getting clear on your why is such an easy thing to do. And it can actually be really fulfilling and nourishing. So for everyone listening, if you have not done your why statement, I definitely am going to encourage you to do that. And then with the how, do you think there's value in getting clear on like, okay, what's one thing I can do and like adding in the action, but just keeping it small? So the piece I'll share is, yes, that's important, Leanne. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, what's what's the old tale guy, you know, passes and goes to heaven and, you know, he asks God like, oh man, I always wanted to win a lottery ticket. I can't Mm -hmm. believe I didn't win a lottery ticket. I prayed every single day. And God looked at him and said, yeah, but you never bought a ticket. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good one. Yep, that's a good one. So it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. The guy's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot to do that part. So it's like, Mm -hmm. yes, it's like, you know, living as if, living Mm -hmm. as if that next little step has already emerged from within you. It's emerged in your life. So now you're living as if. So you're coming from a place of abundance. You're coming from a place of possibility. You're not coming from fear. You're not coming from lack of, you're not coming from a poverty complex because the universe is abundant and the universe wants you to succeed. And so when we live as if it is completely changing, you know, the, the vibratory nature of your entire nervous system to send out those signals, but then also from that place of being as if you're taking action, you're taking action out there in the world because the action allows you to recalibrate. It allows you to be like, okay, 
I went left, I should have went right, or I did this, I should have did that. And who I was being in that, your insecurities, your upper limits, your ceilings are going to emerge by taking action in the 3D world. So it's those, but it's taking action from a place of alignment, not from a place of fear or fight or flight. And that's incredibly important because even if you're taking action, but you're not in alignment with that from a neurological place, you're not going to be, you're not going to have it manifest in your life because, you know, if we break it down the physics, everything in the universe is made up of atoms, protons, electrons, neutrons, and like attracts like. And if you're not there, but by taking action, you're going to know you're not there. And Mm -hmm. that's data. And that's the opportunity to do more of the inner work to allow that to take place. Yeah. I love that. Taking That's something I learned from a client that I worked with years ago. There were many lessons that I learned from this client, both from the work and also just in the working relationship um, boundaries. That was a big one. But one of the things that she talked about was take action and then you get feedback and then you take, then you can continue mm-hmm. from there. But most people try to have everything planned out and everything perfect and mm-hmm. You can waste so much time. So I love that. Yes. Um, I talked a lot about aligned, aligned, deliberate action. And so being really, really clear on what we're doing. And mm-hmm. I always think it's like, I, I swear I probably do have some form of ADD or ADHD, but this is my ADA. Like I like to just focus on like, what's another, what's another acronym? Aligned, deliberate action. That's what I'm mm-hmm. going to own. And that's what I'm going to imprint and move forward with. So awesome. We've talked about so much today, Suki. What are your closing thoughts or parting words for the listeners today? Yeah, awesome. I mean, for me, it's it's always pie in the sky. If you have an idea, you have an inkling, you have a dream, all of those things exist in your sphere of possibilities. And they're glimpses. They're glimpses of who you can evolve to, who you can become. And it's ultimately... When we listen to those glimpses, do the inner work, do the outer work, allow our nervous system and biology to become, to act as if what we actually are in the process of emerging into what we're becoming, we grow, we evolve, we become a greater version of ourselves. When we become a greater version of ourselves, it's like you are unique. Nobody looks like you. No one talks like you. Nobody thinks like you. And I think that is the greatest gift of life in that our own uniqueness, that if you don't fully express who you are, your gift, your voice, your song, your verse will be completely lost from this world. So we have not just a right, but I believe a responsibility to become that in which we may become. And that's my message for you. That is so powerful. And I don't even know if you realize how aligned that is with everything that the Glojo stands for. It's really about tuning into you, um, living an aligned life, living a fulfilling life and saying like, screw everyone else, screw how we're supposed to be being outside of the boxes and just, you know, doing you. So thank you. Pie in the sky. Let's all have all the pies. (laughs) No holding back. Just go for it. Awesome. That was incredible. Thank you so much, Suki. This was wonderful. And then for everyone listening, where can they find you? Because I know you have so many incredible 
programs, you have a membership. So how can people connect with you and continue yeah. their journey? Well, I'm, I'm on social media, like Instagram, Dr. Suki. You can find me there. Um, drsuki.com is my website. I also have a quite a large group and a Facebook group called Activate Your Life, where you'll have the opportunity to be all things Dr. Suki to rewire your inner world so you can really create that impact and change in your outer world. Yeah. Awesome. And I follow you everywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I know exactly where to, I'll, I'll share links in the show notes for everyone listening. I'll make cool. it really easy for you to connect with Suki. Thanks again and have a wonderful day. Awesome. It's great to do this, Leanne. Yeah. Thanks. Likewise.